sisters, join the resistance. Come on, let's start by talking tactics. Have a pass and match this. Here's how we practice. The last order conversation. David Jason. Hey, dunces. Welcome to Pop Culture Continuum. This is John Elliott. This is Patrick Riccardi. And a returning guest. I'm the ghost of Chuck Connors. The ghost of Chuck Connors, which will come into play, I assume. It's a lot funnier when I said it the first time off the recording. So, um, was it? It's it's not really the ghost of Chuck Connors. In fact, it's me. I think no other introduction needed. Nobody that doesn't clear anything up. Nobody it cares. Still be the, this could still be the ghost of Chuck Connors. <laughs> it could be. <laughs> Speaking of Chuck Connors, this week we're doing Pat Topsy Turvy versus some other movie. Oh, that's not the name. Tourist Trap versus the Vavitch. The Vavitch. The Vavitch. Uh, Tourist. Tra- well, these these don't really have anything in common except for being in the horror genre, somewhat, I guess. Uh, I picked. Tourist I don't tra- mean to. Yeah, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Because I, I was going to embarrass you by what? Because of why you picked Taurus Trap? Well, because it scared the shit out of me when I was nine years old. It was the one movie <laughs> that I remembered, uh, which I could. I mean, now it's just dumb, but I could. Like they could have just called this movie Uncanny Valley, um, and it would have worked. I think that's what freaked me out more than anything. Probably mannequins. <laughs> but so what were you going to is... say, Pat? Wait. I was going to say that you should be embarrassed that this movie scared you, but I went to Macy's that's closing down near me the other day, and the entire basement was filled with, well, not filled, but there's lots and lots and lots and lots of mannequins there, and I saw two baby mannequins on the ground. I said, look, baby mannequins, and some crazed women ran over and said, they're mine. (laughs) See? Freaky, freaky shit always happens with mannequins. What were you going to say, Michael? Were the mannequins dressed like your friends? They were all naked. (laughs) So, yes. Yes, yes. No, I was interested in, like, I, I grew up without cable, so I didn't have it till after 2000 when I moved to California. So I, I was trying to think about these movies, well, specifically uh, Tourist Trap, and what it must have been like to be nine years old and seeing this on cable, because apparently that's where it ran mostly. Yeah, that's where I'm sure that's where I saw it. So I, I understand why you were scared of this, actually. What I'm wondering is... Does everybody have a movie like this? Does everybody have a tourist trap? Like, Pat, do you have a movie that scared you when you were a kid that seems silly now? I don't remember anything. I didn't get cable till later, so if I did, it was just something on TV. Oh, my like, my parents used break. to take me to... Oh, yeah, give me a break. Was <laughs> No, Carter. <laughs> my parents used to take me to horror movies because they... I don't know. What? They didn't want to pay for a babysitter or something. Yeah. No, it was... <laughs> for some reason, like my parents would not let me watch R-rated movies. That was that was not a thing. But for some reason, my dad thought it was okay to take take me to see um, Werewolf in London. Oh, American <laughs> Werewolf in London. American Werewolf in London, and that was there was boobs <laughs> in that. I remember that very very well. Well, they used to have boobs also... in PG movies back then. I don't, yeah, I don't. I think that was R, but I don't know. But more importantly, I had a Dr. Pepper guy, and I think that's why he took me because I was so obsessed with TV commercials. The Dr. Pepper guy, who's that? Oh, David Naughton, the star of oh, American oh. Werewolf. I didn't know he was called the Dr. Pepper guy. He, he was, was also that time. on a very short-lived uh, TV show called Making It. Did you watch that, Pat? Is that is that the the show? It's about how to make bacon. Yep. 
Make no, bacon. In the opening credits, did it say starring David Naughton as the Dr. Pepper guy? Yeah. And it also had, uh, I don't even I think it had Donna Pescow. Do you remember her from Saturday Night Fever? It oh, doesn't God. Matter. Yes. <laughs> the dog of the early 80s. The what? The sorry. dog? Is that what you said? <laughs> she, she, I'm sorry. I know that's a sexist term, but um, yeah. I always thought, why do people think she's so hot? You know, because she was also in It's a Living. Do you remember that? Oh, yeah. She I can't was, imagine anybody else in It's a Living that isn't named Angelian. <laughs> well, that's just it. Like, what, when you have Angelian working in your bizarre restaurant in a skyscraper, like, <laughs> why, why is Donna Pescal the... Let's talk about the piano player instead. Whatever became of him. <laughs> Wait, Donna Pescal was not in Making It. Sorry, I just looked at it. I don't know. I'm... You must have been thinking of it's a living. Yeah, I must have. God knows well, she didn't do anything else. Um, what a great show this has been. Goodbye, everybody. <laughs> Hello. Ellen Travolta was in it. Maybe I'm getting all my Travolta shit mixed up. See, people weren't so pretty back then, and that's what I like about Taurus Trap, actually, because it's so... I mean, we can do the Vavitch first, because there's so much more to say about the other movie. But um, the, no, the we people... Go in- Chronological order, so we should start with Taurus. Chronological? Yeah. Oh, okay. Get his Um, eye. (laughs) And we go where our minds take us. But people back in the 70s and 80s that were in movies never seemed, like, attractive. You know, like, they weren't well-groomed. They were kind of sweaty. But that was attractive back then. Maybe it was. Maybe that's why it just seemed like bad TV. It was an ugly, but Donna Pascal was never Donna Pascal. I'm looking at her now. She was never considered attractive, right? She was just mousy. Okay, I think, I, I think I, she I, was considered kind of hot, but the mousy like guy that, or sorry, mousy girl that uh, John Travolta was willing to fuck. You know, like, oh, I, I have not was, seen Saturday Night, Night Fever, so I don't know what her character what? was. Like. I thought maybe she was like the older sister or something. It's pretty the older sister. Yeah, she's Johnny T's older sibling. <laughs> <laughs> is that his name in the movie, John Johnny T? Yep. Hmm? Now I want to say it. No, it's Danny Terrio. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, if you want to see really ugly people, look at pictures from like the 1890s. Nobody was attractive. <laughs> of if you want to see gender. really ugly pic- people, let me send you pictures of my yearbook. <laughs> well, if you can get past the quail hair, um, there's a lot of attractive people in my yearbook. but. Mm. Yeah, it depends on what year you're talking about, really. Because for me, between 80, um, let me think, 86 and 89, people people changed quite a bit. It went from the ugly 70s burnout to like the 90 or the um, late 80s, like punk, big hair look. You guys were like five years behind the times, I guess. Probably, yeah. I mean, I grew up in the country. Um, people. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. I know yep. you, you are yep. country, um, but tourist trap. Anybody? I don't know. Is there even a real synopsis to give? None of it makes any I think, sense. I think it's important to sort of give a synopsis because I think that like it makes so little sense that if we start just talking about it, it's just. I mean, the simple the simple synopsis for anyone who hasn't seen this movie, including me, prior to this, is that people are driving somewhere and. One of them gets a flat tire, and he goes to a town, and it it's just a like a shack. 
right? It's a yeah. shack with a gas station. Yeah. And everything about it looks run down and terrifying and gross. And um, just like a hillbilly shack, you wouldn't go there now. If you drove up on that place, you'd keep going. You, you wouldn't, wouldn't go there in 79. Right. Yeah, I don't think they wanted to go there. It's just that that guy's tire was popped or whatever. And then, yeah, without going into too much detail, like the the first guy goes there, disappears. With no shirt. With, he went with no shirt? Wasn't he wearing a shirt? He might have had it around his neck, but when he was going down the, the road with the tire, he had, that was the first thing we had with his hunky chest. And he was sweating, right? Yeah, yeah. Sweating through his clothes. Another wonderful 70s um, uh, screen invention. But um, he was... It's funny that you noticed that. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. That's interesting. Well, I, also, anyway. I also noticed that the, his girlfriend... Oh, go ahead. <laughs> the basic synopsis of the rest of it is just simple. There's a, f- a farmer or something that runs this little tourist area that is a shack and a gas station. And there's a, ho- a hot spring or a spring or something like that with a waterfall. And that's the tourist trap. Like, it looks like you just keep driving. Nobody would stop here. Except and he does have a museum in his little shack. That's true. Um, and it's a museum to what? It's a museum of mannequins. Okay. A museum to mannequins. And then everybody comes there, they start dying, and it's the typical plot. Like, there's nothing... Like, that's the whole story, and then we can get into the specifics. Yeah, that's basically and it. That's, yeah. that's what the movie's about. And the funniest part is when somebody's... When the, when the car full of... The jeep full of, like, pretty jiggling girls pulls up, they all look like whores... Um, <laughs> I mean, the way they're dressed is ridiculous. That, but was, that, that was the to 70s. Be fair, to be fair, any any car filled with women, Michael's comment would be filled with whores. <laughs> yeah. It doesn't matter what they look like. Grandmother's <laughs> out for a bingo drive. It's not quite descriptive of, of, of them. One is Tanya Roberts. Yeah. Right? Who's one of the late phase Charlie's Angels replacements. Oh, I didn't and know that. She always played the hoary characters. She was in like, um, even in um, what um, that '70s show. Remember, she played like Donna's mother. I watched that filth. Oh, sorry. Which but, um, one was, was she? Was she the original girlfriend, or was she the one with the tube top? She's in the movie in Tourist Trap. She's tube yeah. top. She's tube top. Yeah. Okay. Her and her hair was the, black in the in Tourist Trap, which I never saw that color again. But right. And the blonde, the blonde is set up like white dress, like conservative, <laughs> like she's the heavenly one. There's a blonde who's like, who ends up being, you know, the final girl, so to speak. Um, and she's presented like the wholesome one the whole way through. And yeah, she dressed like a Mormon. Right. And she's like not talking about sex and all that. And the others are kind of like, it's the typical 70s, like 80s stereotype of like the sexy free freewheeling girls get killed. But and, unlike other movies, she was more than willing to go skinny dipping. That's true. She was sitting on the side in her full piece bathing regalia. So the first murder scene, I would like one of you to explain. Because I don't. Well, that, I feel like that's what's wait, wait. The first, the first murder scene is that the one where he can't get out of the room and like all kinds of things are thrown at him until a bar <laughs> goes in and it takes like the the pipe goes into his 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 side and not only does blood come out but his scream comes out of the out of the bar <laughs> silent because he can't scream out loud. It's all coming out of the bar. It none of this was ever explained. Like 
Chuck Connors, the dude who runs the the old farmer or whatever the fuck he is, who runs the museum, uh, apparently has like Mr. telekinetic. Slauson. Yeah, Mr. Slauson. Sorry. Um, apparently has telekinetic powers. We don't really know why or anything. I guess just to make yeah, it that freakier. part's just kind of skipped over the fact. Not only is he crazy and he makes all these mannequins, but he has telekinetic par- powers. <laughs> and he tries to blame it on his brother, who was. A good mannequin builder, he says. He built all the mannequins in the museum, but it turns out he killed his brother and his wife because they were having an affair. So he dresses up as a mannequin and turns people into mannequins somehow, and has telekinesis. Oh right, so yeah, I forgot about that. So he turns, he kills these people and turns them into mannequins, and somehow they come back to life and look like real things. Yeah, like real people. He twists the guy's arm off when he looks like totally like a human being at the end, which I think freaked me the fuck out when I was a kid. He just pulls <laughs> his arm off like a mannequin's arm, but the dude is human. He doesn't look like a mannequin at that point. So Chuck Connors has the ability to make mannequins that look like real... Well, at first, they just look like mannequins dressed like people he knows. And then by the end of the movie, he's making human being-looking mannequins that don't even know they're mannequins. That guy whose arm he pulled off, that guy didn't even know he was a mannequin. Chuck Connors knew. Yeah, yeah. Like he was he was like making him talk and we're supposed to believe that he was able to like animate that body somehow magically. Right. Are, are you having prob- problems with with suspension of disbelief with this film is that's happening now? <laughs> well, I just it's it's the inner logic of the film that like it's it's okay that it's dumb like that, right? Cuz it's funny. <laughs> but like that first scene, that first terrifying death is like literally a guy trying to get out of a room that's locked and everything in the room looks like it's made of tissue paper. Like the wood <laughs> looks like it's thin and he could just kick his way through the doors and the walls and everything. But yet like things small things start flying across the room and you can sometimes see the strings. Um, but like the mannequins just like rock back and forth and the mouths open and close. And they and, laugh at him, which is, and they not, laugh, it, which is a little scary. Well, yeah, totally. No one wants, no one likes to be laughed at. Not by a mannequin. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, mannequin. And when, when the things start flying across the room to hit him, it's like, a bottle. Yeah. <laughs> or shit that's going to give him a bump on his head. Yeah. yeah. And most of it misses him, to be fair. But then, like, as it goes, like, you keep, they cut back to this rattling pipe. Like, the pipe is, like, he's somehow, like, getting ready to use the pipe. And the pipe, they cut back to, like, ten times. Or every other <laughs> object in the room is flying around. And then finally, he hits him with the, or the pipe flies across the impales room. Impales him somehow. And impales him. But, like, that is the extent of, you know, the unseen force at that point, that it can just throw things across the room and make mannequins laugh. And then to take that leap to, like, making a fully functional, like, <laughs> human, like, duplicate <laughs> you can take apart and it's surprised. Like, that's such a big leap in powers. Well, I guess you haven't seen Westworld. <laughs> yeah. the- Which one? <laughs> None of it makes any sense. That's uh, that's probably another thing that freaked me out when I was a kid. Because, like, there's no explanation for any of this weird shit. No, the explanation is so bad. <laughs> that there might as well not be one, yeah. And, and I think in the, the weird... Well, no, there's lots of other weird stuff. But it was really odd in the middle of the movie where there's the... 
the Jerry, Jerry's the guy we know. I think that's his name. And then the woman from that 70s show, they're tied up in a room. And then there's a woman on, that's tied to the table. And I, I had no idea it was someone new, but that's a brand Brent. new character that was kidnapped <laughs> off screen. Oh, it was? Shit, yeah. I didn't even get that. Oh, man. Yeah, this movie is fucking bonkers. I mean, there's you can't you can't be looking for continuity, either the the normal thing we think of it with continuity in films or script-wise. Well, even logic, like the, when they pull into the town, one of this jiggling like quintet of, of girls pulls into the town looking for their friend. They're like, oh, it's just another tourist trap. And the... And I was like, oh, you said the name of the movie in the first 15 minutes. Congratulations. <laughs> Always a good sign. And, <laughs> and number two, like, like the all the signs on the road are like hand-painted and weathered beyond belief. And they pulled into this weathered gas station. And she says, oh, it's a tourist trap. <laughs> I'm like, no, that is yeah, not nope, a tourist trap. Nope, it's a shitty gas station in a rural <laughs> area. <laughs> well, in the movie, they explain that it used to be a tourist trap. Then they build the highway, and no one comes to his tourist oh, trap. Yeah, anymore. he's really angry at the highway. Almost <laughs> as angry as he is at his ex-wife. Or still-living wife, I guess. Still-living mannequin well, wife. Yeah. And that's the, at the first part of the movie. You really don't know what's causing all the mannequins to come to life and to fall on people in big lumps. Or The, the, the weirdest thing, the thing that I found like the most disturbing about this movie was that... like. We don't know that it's Chuck Connors originally, but someone dresses up as the the dead wife who is a mannequin. Like somebody's dressed. What am I trying to say? It's got like a mannequin mask. They're wearing a mannequin a mask and women's clothes. Yeah, like he's tying a scarf around his neck and wearing a wig well, I, and then well, a mannequin thought, mask. At that point, I thought he was wearing the the outfit of the person he last killed because it's that's how he killed the, the woman before he was wearing the scarf was with her with her scarf so he took that death scarf and put it on himself oh maybe but it's, but it's the cross-dressing part of it that really freaks me out that well, like chuck connor's dressed as a woman several times in this movie in order well, to chase the, people that's the one part that makes sense because everyone knows that everyone every man who wears women's clothing is actually a, a killer <laughs> serial killer yeah that's <laughs> I learned it's, that from Donald Trump. <laughs> it's also in the DSM-4. Um, yeah, that was... Well, I feel like there's just, like... They had a much longer script, and they just cut a bunch of shit out. <laughs> that's that's really what it seems like watching I've, it. A lot of the movie's not especially interesting, but a lot of the story about the background of the movie is interesting. Not in, like that the people are interested in just their ideas. Like Chuck Connors signed up to do this movie because he thought it would, was going to re- revitalize his career so he could become an, a, uh, a, <laughs> a heavy, like a Boris Karloff, a Boris Karloff re- regeneration of his career that he could be doing <laughs> horror movies for the, for the eight, the rest of the eighties. And the director had the, the directors in one of the comments I saw, he said, uh, he was too bashful to ask the the women if it was okay to be naked on screen when they did auditions. So <laughs> when it came time to to, to film the the skinny dipping scene, he asked everyone, and they all said no. So he didn't get a skippy skinny dipping scene he wanted. <laughs> yeah, that's like the almost a kiss of death for a horror movie at that time. No nudity. Well, they did say that it was PG, and the, the director thought it would have made more money if it was rated R. It would have made more money if it had an iota of sense. I think no, probably. still wouldn't get any money. No, you're but you right. can see you can see that whoever made this was trying to stitch together other successful elements. Oh, yeah, like, Psycho. I mean, so, the cross. Sure, 
exactly psycho or like there's something kind of leatherface about chuck connors in this big gigantic mask drag yes with the mask and you know you've got a, the, the telekinetic power thing which makes so little sense has got to come from something else and just like there's also this other this movie reminded me of, of motel hell have you ever seen that movie oh yeah it but takes it's like, all kinds of critters to make Vincent Farmer Vincent's fritters. Right. <laughs> it's like the, the there must have been this like um, s- scare where people this period where people were just scared of hillbillies because well, that's what this comes so. Well, sure. Who yeah. shouldn't be scared of a hillbilly? I still am, and it might it might date to this movie. <laughs> this movie is. This would have probably. I would have. L- Watch this and been traumatized if I was eight or nine years old watching this alone. So I have to understand. I do understand that. But it's just but silly watching it now. It's so funny now. It's not the least bit scary. No. Uh, the Well, the masks and stuff and the mannequins are still freaky enough. Freaky. I mean, they could they could make a good movie out of this somehow um, if they wanted they to did. remake it. Andrew yeah. McCarthy, mannequin. Oh, that's true. Kim Cattrall. <laughs> yeah. You gave the she played the wrong killer. billing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I gave the wrong billing. Yeah, Andrew McCarthy. Everybody. Well, he's it. the star. Kim Cattrall is just a doll. Andrew McCarthy has no charisma. Come on. Uh, it was all about uh, the dude from Designing Women, really, in that movie. <laughs> the uh, gay LeVar guy, it, which was not at all stereotypical. What? Lavar Burton. Yeah, Lavar Burton, the great Lavar Burton. I love the scene where Chuck Connors has the lady tied to the table who's a new character who just suddenly shows up. <laughs> and he has inexplicably Tanya Roberts and that other guy tied in the basement. And they show him in front of the mirror wearing a mannequin's mask. And he's it, it only covers his to his mouth, basically. Yes. So his chin and his mouth are exposed. And he's sitting there with a, like a woman's wig on. And a like a tuxedo top, and he's putting on his makeup, <laughs> and then he puts on a top hat, <laughs> and he goes downstairs <laughs> and he tries to like make them drink some kind of potion or something. <laughs> the, I forget what the potion was supposed to do. I think I was kind of. Who cares? I think that's what's turning people into mannequins. Oh, okay. Must I think be. that it has something to do with that. I think that scene you're talking about, Michael. They probably like the director because it was the same year. They probably just got out of uh, a screening of all that jazz. He's like, let me add yeah. some elements of that to this. <laughs> I'm going to bring the lights of Broadway to this little show. <laughs> <laughs> and what's what struck me as funny, and I think that the reason nobody was surprised by the fact that Chuck Connors was the killer and the brother, and like he was the only character that was ever introduced in the tourist trap um, at all, like that lived there. And he has a very distinctive chin. Right, like as soon as you see the first monster with with you know the chin exposed, you're like, oh, that's Chuck Connors. He's very <laughs> specific looking. Well, it's also the murder she wrote effect. Whoever the most famous person is in the show is probably the killer. Oh, is that true of murder she wrote? I didn't know that either. Or Law and Order, same thing there. Well, oh, that yeah. makes sense. Yeah, that does. That's true. Yeah, well, Chuck Connor had a really nice big house for just running a gas station back there, but I guess, you know, he probably built it himself, bought himself a plot did. of land. I love the scene where he's putting um, 
he has the woman on the table. It's the same scene where they're, um, the, the lights of Broadway are brought into the production. And he, he decides to start like working on his prisoner's face and covering her face with some kind of cement or um, uh, plaster. It, he or says whatever, it's yeah. plaster. Mashed potato. But if you've ever worked with plaster, you know that this is pizza dough or something like that. Like there's there's no way that he's covering her face with with plaster. And then he f- covers her face and then he's like, You're just going to die of fright. It's not even going to be asphyxiation. And then she dies. <laughs> but like he's getting more of it on his hands than he's getting on her face. And then he says, Now you're one of us to make more oddness to the movie i like the scene at the end where he, he the the blonde haired uh, woman runs away and gets away and meets with mr Sloss, Slosson and thinks that, that he's her savior and he says i have to go back to the house to turn the radio on he's like okay <laughs> i'll wait here no big deal at least she finally hits him with a gun i mean he gives her a gun but it's filled with blanks she finds out when he comes back and tries to kill her um, she hits him with the gun, which is like, I was like, finally somebody in a horror movie does something smart. And then she right. just drops the gun and runs away. And just runs. Stupid bitch. But the the uh, the final scene is the only thing I actually remembered of the the final freeze frame, I should say. Is, is the thing that stuck with me from the movie, so that must have made some kind of impression. I just found it terrifying that this woman was driving back home with a car full of I know, of women drivers. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get that carpool discount with the, all the mannequins. <laughs> with that odd smile on her face. I guess they were planning a sequel where she was the bad guy in the sequel. That's what I thought, too. Why is she smiling? Has she just lost her goddamn mind? And did she stop to dress the mannequins as her friends? She must have. <laughs> like, I mean... like. I think maybe Mr. Slauson already did that for her. Oh, really? I just thought it was a sign of respect on her part. Yeah. Th- and I don't know. No, sorry. I was just going to say, like, if you if you watch the details of things that if from that scene where she has the gun and all that, you, you see all these hand-painted signs. Um, like, the admission to the museum is free. And it's all painted, and it's all painted red, like it's in blood. <laughs> and even Slauson's truck has something painted on the side of it that's hand-painted. So, like, the production value, Slauson's lost Oasis, and Oasis is spelled wrong. <laughs> it's like O-A-S-I-S, and on the film, it looks like it's O-A-S-E-S. Well, so that's Hillbillies for you. Uh, is that is, maybe that's plural oasis? He has two oasises. <laughs> oases. Well, do we? So I mean, we're really left to fill in a lot of the gaps in this movie. But <laughs> like, he has another woman there, like you said, uh, Pat. And how many people are breaking down here? Right? It's like he's pretty out of the way from the highway. He's like off the beaten path. Mm-hmm. But are we to assume because early and on there's the signs movie, going into his place that says private property? Yeah. Don't they pay, how is it a tourist trap when you're not even allowed to go drive down the road? <laughs> but early on, he makes like one of the headlights on the car pop. So are we to assume that he's been like fucking up people's cars on purpose to lure them in there and turn them into mannequins? I mean, that's the only thing that really mm-hmm. makes sense, but they don't really explain it. Yes, he is. Okay, thanks, Pat. Yeah, I guess you do have to assume that. Yeah, you have to make a lot of assumptions here. 
Because that but, guy's car broke down has never ever broken down before. And that's he's a true. lawyer. Yeah, he is a lawyer. Looks just like one too. Um, What's that supposed to mean? Uh, sorry, I didn't mean to. I didn't mean to disparage your Italian ancestry, Pat. Um, <laughs> we all know lawyers are greasy people. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, this movie's just dumb. Like I. I but wish fascinating. I could... We haven't it's... even talked about the music, the jaunty, jaunty music. Oh, it's so weird. <laughs> the little, what's that whistle? There's a whistle in it, right? <laughs> yeah, I think it's supposed to fit in with the museum, like the. Nothing fits in with that museum. Yeah. And I like online when you read up synopsis, uh, recaps of the movie, where they 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 keep saying it's a wax museum. There, there's no way that this is a Mac oh. wax museum. No, it no. Didn't... There are no famous people portrayed, and they all look like mannequins. They don't mannequins, really look like yeah. real people. Yeah, it's no. totally like a mannequin museum. There's yeah. it's not a wax museum in at all. And I'm watching this scene. Um, I'm just powering through the movie real quick while we're talking. And there's a scene at the end where he's chasing um, the the final person, the final people, and he actually puts on a blonde wig and a mask that has big fake eyelashes and <laughs> the upper part, like it's another one of those ones that only show the top of his face or I'm yeah, sorry, it only covers the top out. of his face. And in this one thing, it's so weird because like you see like the lip of the mannequin, the upper lip of the mannequin and his lower lip and his lower lip is, has lipstick on it to match the upper lip of the mannequin. So there's this, this weird sexual thing that they're implying that I don't think they intended to imply. You know what I mean? Like that. Remember how he was talking to the mannequin and he was having tea with the mannequin. That's yes. his wife. And she turned and talked to him. Yeah. Like what the fuck was that about? Like that, was that a joke? I think he, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I don't understand like, how any of it works. This like, they're just like implying all this, like, like for the early eighties, is what I'm saying. Like, this is kind of like, like weird Frankenfurter level, like sexual, like <laughs> cross-dressing weirdness, and they but don't even cover that part of it. But it seems like it's accidental. Because <laughs> at the point that he puts on the blonde wig and a lady's face, and puts the lipstick on his bottom lip, and goes out hunting people, we know that it's Chuck Connors. He's been revealed already. Yeah. But they don't explain why he's dressing like a woman <laughs> to do this. It's really like this. All these wonderful missed opportunities. I would love to see a drag version of this <laughs> because it's so like off the wall that it doesn't make sense. And I think there's a lot of humor in in why it doesn't make sense. Well, talk to your people. <laughs> Hello, girls. <laughs> Tourist trap, like the one like uh, drag production in this city that doesn't make money. <laughs> <laughs> Closed the same night that it ended. Open. Uh, it's so sad we all had to go out and buy this on Blu-ray. There's a, another interesting piece of trivia that made me laugh when I was reading from IMDb. It's the mannequin who gives the female lead something to drink is actually the director's then wife. The mannequin, This mannequin originally had two lines, but Schmoller, the director, had them edited out during post-production. She then never forgave him for that. <laughs> Oh, that, she should have been happy that her lines got I'm, cut I'm, out of this film. I, I'm guessing that she wrote this trivia herself, too. She just wants everyone to know that's why they got divorced, because of that slight. 
Oh, I... <laughs> the next one's pretty funny too. Tanya Roberts insisted on running through the woods barefoot in one scene. She thought it would help her better project a sense of pain and fear. The result was also that her feet were bloodied. <laughs> <laughs> she she's she's the only person who went on after this. Yeah, I think to do anything. I mean, she might have had like corny like career bits, but like she at least did things. And nobody else in the, I don't recognize anybody else in this. So maybe it's maybe I'm misunderstanding, but no, I, I think, haven't looked enough. But that's that's like kind of just a horror movie thing anyway. Like some people use it to as a stepping stone. For a lot of people it's like their only their only claim to fame. Like you don't have to be a great actor to be in a B grade horror film. It looks like one of the other women was the wife in Death Wish too, so she did something oh. a little bit after this. <laughs> did her character get a name? <laughs> the wife in Death Wish too. We just told Carol you. Percy was the name, but I think everyone knows her better as the wife in Death Wish too. Wait, Charles Bronson got remarried after the first yes. Yeah. You're gonna have to watch the movie to mm. find out. I can't spoon feed you that. You are spoiling the Death Wish trilo- Death Wish trilogy for me. Well, I think, uh, yeah, this, don't watch it. I mean, if you do. Really? What, you I think, think you watch it? to watch this. I think for, for discerning, um, <laughs> sensitive um, people who enjoy unusual films, say our Laura Bagnato type friends, <laughs> I think she would, I'm sure Laura she would like it, yes, for sure. Backwards and forwards. So uh, the, the, the. The star, the, the female lead, whatever, Jocelyn Jones is her name, but she, she's listed on under the IMDb as miscellaneous crew for Lee Daniels, the butler. Oh. I don't know what that means. <laughs> miscellaneous crew. What did she do? Brought him coffee. <laughs> Which one is Jocelyn Jones, you think? The blonde? Yeah, it yeah, gotta be. A, gotcha. Well, there's in that scene where she has her breakdown, where, where Chuck Connors is like, um, I noticed that, uh, you know, where the guy pulls his arm off and you realize that he's some new level of mannequin or whatever. Like her face is so sweaty and shiny in that scene, which is such a, um, a thing that actresses generally don't want. Like you don't want to look that bad. Her hair is perfect. It's beautiful and soft, but her face, it looks like it must be a hundred degrees in that room. Well, she reminds, this dri- reminds me of another piece of trivia. Would you like to hear it? Sure. Let's hear it. Jocelyn Jones was a classically trained actress, whereas Chuck Connors was self-taught. During filming, Connors would often ask the director why Jones would have to go through various routines before filming scenes, such as breathing exercises. (laughs) That's kind of strange, because this is like Chuck Connors' 500th film that he'd never (laughs) seen method Mm -hmm. acting before, but all right. Well, he started in the 50s, and he he did TV for most of his career. As far as as I know from Chuck Connors, he was in that goofy rifleman show where he played a, a guy who liked to kill people before the show started i guess but on the show it's he never uses the rifle <laughs> but he was also in like movies with like spencer tracy and um uh i think he played in a movie with john wayne if i remember that correctly like, he didn't get like terrible movies necessarily he, he was an old yeller too yeah, so was he green he was so green. green yep i didn't know that and Edward, or not Edward too, <laughs> Airplane too, and he's been in like um, Doris Day pictures and stuff. Like, so he's not like a 
hugely successful, ex- respected actor or anything. But he went on to do more things after this, and it doesn't seem like many of these people did. No. Well, he had already done he had already done most of his things by this. Yeah, well, he was also uh, in Major League Baseball and the NBA, which we talked about a little bit beforehand, which is surprising to me. But with that face, yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything. <laughs> but with that, why don't we take a break and we'll come talk about a more interesting film to me, at least, uh, mm. the Vavitch. We'll be right back. We had a comrade, a brave comrade, he could talk for whole days. But then he tried to be a hero, tried talking about Shamiro to computers wearing earphones. He almost died for conversation, hallucinations, good vibrations. Van Dyke Park's greyhound racing, steeplechasing. We're back with The Witch 2015, I think? 2016. Was uh, it really? Yeah. It's a really recent movie to be on Netflix already. Yeah, I know. I was kind of surprised, but I guess, I don't know. I guess it's like a genre movie. They don't expect that much from it, so. Oh, it was on, it's on Netflix as well. I watched it on Amazon. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. It was on Amazon. Yeah. You're right. Uh, I wasn't trying to be right. So this one is about a magic goat and a bunch of uh, pilgrims. And there's a witch in the woods, and she's like, ooh, gotcha. And the goat's like, yeah, I got you too. And... <laughs> Yeah, the goat, that's about it. Yeah, the goat is black. And then it. the people, and then the people say, "Thou hast got to me." <laughs> it's a really simple movie. I mean, it's really beautiful. Yeah, well, it even is subtitled like a folk tale of New England or something. It definitely has that feel of like a folk tale. Um. And they let on pretty early that there is an actual witch in the woods. Yeah, that's like the second scene. And I, well, not pretty. Yeah, very early. Was it right yeah. after that baby was stolen? Yeah, right after the baby is stolen. Uh, so the the daughter Thomasine, which is, I'm sure, a name that hipsters are going to start naming their daughters anytime now. Uh, sure. That'll come back. Uh, she's watching the baby. They this family gets kicked out of their uh, their town for being too religious. <laughs> um, which is, I wish there'd be some more of that nowadays, but, no, uh, please, um, this is like in the 17th century. And so they go to build, to make their way in the wilderness, in the woods. And, uh, one day the oldest daughter is, is watching the baby playing peekaboo with the baby. And one time she covers her eyes and, uh, opens them and the baby's gone. Stolen by the witch in the woods that sets Although- events in motion. The the whole family thinks that that's like a wolf, right? Yeah, they think a wolf took the baby, which I the mean, wolf came out of nowhere, took a baby, and disappeared that quickly. Yeah, within like two <laughs> seconds. Yeah, I um, find it confusing calling something seventeenth century. Why? Because it's a 
you get it's always just a hundred years, you know. So it's yes. the sixteen hundreds. Thank you. Is that better? No, no, much less confusing. Please carry on. I was very confused by the fact that the mother is played by the woman who played um, um, Catelyn Stark's sister in Game of Thrones. And she's the crazy one who would like breastfeed her like nine year old son or whatever. Ooh. They threw her out the window. Um, yeah, I didn't this know that. Past season. Oh, she's got oh, spoiler some... alert. Oh, sorry. Some kind of. <laughs> she ju- I mean, she jumped. <laughs> <laughs> got some kind of breastfeeding thing going on with her then, because she breastfeeds a raven in this, right? Is raven. that what it is? She plays this. Crow? She plays such a, a specific type of crazy mom. That it was like watch. I mean, I think she's a really good actress. Number one, I think she she was really good. But it's also like, oh, this is kind of the same thing as what you played in Game of Thrones, like a crazy, for a different reason, intense. I don't know how much acting it is because it turns out she killed her own son recently. Oh yeah, what? There you go. Who did? Kate Just... Dickey. Dickey. Wait, she killed. Who? She killed her own son. Yeah, it was a method acting kind of thing. Yeah. Oh. Is oh well, preparation. She, I hear she's in the remake of Tourist Trap. She's probably just getting ready. <laughs> She'll be great in it. And the <laughs> the father, of course, played by Mick Fleetwood, <laughs> who's also been in Game of Thrones. FYI. <laughs> oh, that dude's been in Game of Thrones too. <laughs> I was telling you guys. I think I was telling you, John, about um, Amazon has that X-ray feature. Oh, that's right. And if you're like, I watch. I have it on my iPad, and I throw it up to my Apple TV. So I'm watching the TV. For the movie, and on my my iPad, I see like all biographical details of whoever's in the scene, and um, that's the very uninteresting story of how I know that. Oh, that's that's cool. I need to. Yeah, I should try that. I, I it's listen, a cool feature. Yeah, the other day I was reading a book and listening to a separate audio book at the same time, so I feel like that'll what? be. What's going on? What? How does that work? <laughs> I don't know, dude. <laughs> If I did that, I think it would just be a waste of time because I wouldn't pay attention to either of them. <laughs> anyway. Maybe you're... Did you... I didn't... Are you some kind of genius? I highly doubt that. It's probably more some really advanced form of uh, ADD. Um, oh, addition? Yeah. I can do it. I can do that all the way up to 100. I can get, <laughs> I can get to 101, so maybe I am a genius. Um, yeah, anyway, I mean... the. The whole thing, and it was lit with all natural light, I heard. Maybe, I don't know if that popped up on your little pop-up video. It did. It did. (laughs) It did, and they spoke like, the language that they spoke was a real dead language. Like when the the witches were chanting, or when you heard a chanting of um, witchy-sounding origin, and it was some Eritrean or something like that, some kind of like um, dead language. And that's our show. (laughs) As everyone falls asleep. <laughs> oh, our movies do have something in common, nothing to do with language. They were both recommended by Stephen King. One sober Stephen King and one drunk Stephen King. <laughs> Guess which is which? Was it was it drunk or coked out Stephen King? I guess it doesn't know. matter too I, much. I didn't really <laughs> check his cabinet when I was at his house in the 80s. Do you always check people's cabinets? You might find It's one of the first things I do. Yeah. You <laughs> it really some, is. Ask anybody. People hate when I come over. I want to see how they organize things. I always check their cabinets. I look in their closets. Always. I just want to see if they have any good drugs. Pop a few in my pocket. Yeah, The Witch. Yeah, no, this is actually a good movie. 
and uh, and like most good horror movies, actually, kind of a statement about something in the real world rather than yeah. just gory slashing. Um, yeah, it's almost more of a statement than it is a movie about a witch. Yeah, yeah, I think so too. I mean, it's definitely about uh, female sexuality and kind of mm-hmm. fear of that. Um, and I mean, even I mean, which it makes it pretty apparent early on too, when like her brother, the Thomasine's brother, is like checking her out a lot. Although, to be fair, there's nobody else around for him to check out. <laughs> Right. It feels like it's like not necessarily a creepy. It feels like just like a normal thing for yeah. like a kid who would be, you know, um, of that age. And but then the 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 way that they turn the way that everything on that turns against Thomasine because she is a woman who is like newly menstruating and right. is like sexually mature and all that. I mean, like, didn't they want to sell her to somebody? What did they well, come up? They, they were going to send her away. I didn't know if it they were going to send her send away. Her, send her away to work for somebody else. Yeah, so basically a, sell her to somebody. Yeah. So it almost becomes like I thought it was a great horror. I thought it was a great scary movie. But like, there and I'm not saying that it's bad that they did this, but it's so much a commentary on the state of like this woman in or, or not this particular woman, but the woman in the horror film. She basically has no agency. Yeah. And she's forced to become a witch because everybody else dumps her. And they think she's the witch anyway, so she might as well become a yeah, uh, witch. Which, yeah, she's like, well fuck it, man. You guys are all gone and now and you <laughs> On the other hand, yeah. it just shows you sometimes you really know when someone's a witch. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> Maybe they're just all good judges of character. Yeah, she signed that damn book just like they said she would. <laughs> and maybe the other witches were like, "Hey, we like her. Let's make everybody <laughs> think she's one of us." You know, maybe it was always intended to ensnare her. So it's actually a success story. And who doesn't want to fly? Right? I mean, well, that was kind of cool. But like the the two like creepy ass twin kids, I don't know if they're twins huh? or not. I assume they are. Um I I didn't get the idea they're twins just Whatever, it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The younger kids. But they were talking to Black Phillip, too, the goat. Like, they kept talking about talking to Black Phillip. And so what was that? Was that all just set up to make, for, to make Thomas? Wait, did we ever evil? see those kids' bodies, or did they disappear? Well, they're dead, dude. Yeah, uh, we saw, that. We saw like, that pile of, like, um, blood and guts and, like, torn apart bodies at the end. When they, oh, the next okay. morning, and w- so we, we, they didn't show us them dying, but we got to assume it from the, what was yeah, in there. Yeah. Now they're gone. Um, but they kept talking, and also why he got to be Black Philip. But, um, <laughs> but they were, I mean, they were the ones originally talking to the goat. Right. Right. Like, wh- like the whole thing is like, why did this girl get unfairly? Like singled out, singled out, yeah. Of it. And I was thinking, the, on the other hand, why did those kids get killed when they were talking to him first? That doesn't seem fair. Why couldn't they fly too? Yeah, why didn't he? Why didn't the goat want them? Why didn't he like put him on his back and ride him away into the woods or whatever? <laughs> yeah, those kids were fugly. That's what it was. Ooh. <laughs> um, well, I guess it has to do with her being of sexual maturity. Yes, that's exactly. You know, like I mean, she's singled out for that reason. That is what the whole movie's about. I mean, unless you're dumb, it's. And you Ugh. just think it's a witch story, but it, she's it's, also the best looking. Like she is the prettiest of all the people on the screen, for sure. Well, that's true. Yeah, that's true as well. And you kind of get. I don't like, know that that witch was pretty. Attractive. Well, when she made herself <laughs> look like that to kiss the the boy, 
she was attractive otherwise yeah um but there there's even like like the father still um had affection for her but the mother like turned really cold against the daughter which was another part mm-hmm. of the whole the whole thing yeah it was uh it's definitely a commentary um but i would not i don't even know that i'd call it necessarily a horror film like I guess it, it is technically, but it's almost more suspense. And, like, it's just got this sense of dread all throughout it, even when you don't know what's going on. Yeah, the the dread is, like, so, like, palpable. Yeah. And it's I think it's a really interesting, like, period piece. Um, <laughs> that means two things. And um, it's a very interesting piece in that, like, you clearly know that there's a witch within, like, the first 15, 20 minutes or whatever it is. So you know that she's not the witch. Right. But yet everything is like so um, geared towards her getting railroaded into being the witch. And so that's what this movie is really about. It's really like a fable and a horror movie, you know, and which yeah, is what I exactly. guess. That's what they're saying. That's what I call it that. A fable of what Old New you, England. What did you think of it, Pat? Did you like it? Had you yeah, seen it was it good. Before? It was, no, it was the first time I saw it. I, I thought it was a little bit boring, but it was, it was still, it was a good movie. Yeah, well, it's, yeah, it's definitely not like jump scares or anything um but it, yeah the tone was it was a little bit oppressive it was ugh. yeah yeah and it was a good i mean i have to admire that to be able to maintain a tone throughout a film especially a tone mm-hmm. like that like not a lot of people are able to do it it seems so i didn't think there were in this in the, uh, the music there wasn't enough slide whistle <laughs> yeah no they could have learned a thing or two from tourist trap <laughs> they could have had Chuck Connors come and do all the makeup. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Chuck Connors. <laughs> we met briefly at the beginning of this episode. That's true. That's true. That's a that's a very good point. <laughs> yeah, you're right. There is not as much to say about this as Tourist Trap because this one's actually a well-made, well-crafted movie. And it's yeah, a, it's a very simple story. Mm-hmm. And it, it's a, and it makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's no, uh, there's no wondering what the fuck's going on in this movie. Well, I mean, a little bit, but in a good yeah. way. And I think that the the thing that they do really well in the witch that they could have learned, um, you know, had they gone in a time machine back to, or forward ahead to when they were making Taurus Trap, is don't show everything. Yeah, exactly. You know, like the witch showed you almost nothing. It was all. It was more than say the Blair Witch showed you, but like um, they show you so little. Like you don't know how the dog dies. You when the when the father and the son are like out in the woods. Like you don't quite understand how the son disappears or the the, the fact that they show you the witch is like a surprise. Yeah, but even but then like, they show you her basically from behind, and you get like kind of a glimpse at her through the darkness. You don't see her face or anything. Right, she's never like waiting outside the window peeking in or anything like that. She doesn't. You never see her come to the farm or whatever. You just hear about it, and it's the fear. And like we need to see every book in the room being thrown on a string across at a rickety right. door, or every mannequin pushed over on the person. Like the mannequin's <laughs> getting reused. Which, <laughs> yeah. By the way, that's not going to hurt you that much. <laughs> I can't wait for the sequel to the the witch with which will obviously have three V where it's just the story about <laughs> Black Philip traveling in the countryside be- becoming a man from a goat every every five <laughs> minutes or so. Goat, 
goats are always. I mean, goats have those eyes. I mean, I you can see why they're associated with the devil. The, I mean, cats kind of have those eyes. Not they as have much. the horns too. Yeah, and the and the horns. I, I recently watched a video of one of those. I forget the 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 name of the breed or whatever, but it's those goats that faint when they get scared. Oh yeah. And the goat the goat climbed up onto a swing and the swing started swinging and he 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 froze. It was really cute. <laughs> <laughs> I think there's your sequel right yep, there. That's the sequel. There's Black <laughs> Philip. The Vovovich 2. Vovovich. I would like to see a Black Philip movie, preferably animated. They can make it work. Um, a musical. Black Philip the musical. <laughs> it's not like those people had a lot of goats. And they had one black goat, so why did they have to call him Black Philip? Yeah, I know. Just Philip would be fine, <laughs> right? That's it's just Philip. Like, Jesus. <laughs> well, one of the white goats was Philip, so oh, so they had to have a Black Philip. They couldn't call him White Philip. He was already <laughs> Philip. It's like uh, Black Dennis on uh, Thirty Rock when right. Dennis adopted that black kid. Um, yeah, no, it's. I, I know what you're saying, Pat, about it being kind of boring, but like I, I don't mind that. I didn't mind the pacing so much because um, I thought it fit. I thought mm-hmm. it, it all it worked for what the movie was. Um, but if you're going in like expecting like a horror horror movie as we usually see them, yeah, it's not that for sure. Hmm? Yeah, I I was thrown off by that because that's what I was expecting. I thought it was going to be a lot scarier than it was. Yeah, if, no. People really built it up in my head. Like I heard a lot about how scary this movie was, and it wasn't that scary. Yeah, I didn't think I didn't find it sc- like I said, just that tone of dread more than anything. Yeah, I don't um, even I don't even know if you'd call it a horror movie. Yeah, that's I what guess I was it's saying. a horror movie. Yeah, but, I, by default, but it's it's definitely more. Yeah, I don't know what you. I mean, it could just be a a drama. Um, yeah, a documentary. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Goats, twenty twelve. <laughs> 2012. <laughs> it looks back at the past. <laughs> That's true. Michael Michael doesn't understand that 17th century stuff either, Pat. He's having trouble with it. <laughs> yeah. So we re- uh, well, Michael recommends you see both these movies. You know what? Yeah, I don't care. See Tourist Trap. It's quick yeah. enough. Like, it's so fun. It's so dumb. It. I think the Tourist Trap. What really like? What's great about the the Vich is that it takes you like out of your head to like a point in time where the movie takes place. Yes. And the, what's great about tourist trap is it takes you back to the point in time of the person who would have been watching this movie on cable. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> that's true. <laughs> like I can really, I really get, I remember what it was like, like being a kid and like, like going to your friend's watching house. Kind of, yeah, going to your friend's yeah. house and seeing this kind of shit on cable. And, like, there's a certain quality of the movie making that is very charming and that it's very handmade, so to speak, um, in the way that, like, Vegas in Space was. Um, that <laughs> you kind of, like, you appreciate how janky everything is because at least they were making a movie and having a good time, right? Yeah, and which is something you don't necessarily see so much anymore these days. No. Not at all. Not unless it's like some garbage like student film or like some really low budget. Um, there's a lot of those out there, but then I guess not, they don't yeah, have like the same charm. Cell phone movies and shit. Yeah, but yeah. right, exactly. And and 
I think I appreciate a bad movie that doesn't go over the top because I was a little bit afraid that they would have go over the top in Tourist Trap and they never did. So I appreciate that. Yeah, no, no, there was nothing over the top about that movie. <laughs> I mean, the kind of stuff you guys like, those rape scenes. There was none of those oh, in Tourist right. Trap. No. Wait, 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 what? Pat's always <laughs> trying to accuse us of liking rape scenes. I don't know what that is. I laughed at that scene in that Christmas movie where Santa Claus kills the family. And I thought that was funny. But I didn't laugh at any other rape scene that I remember. <laughs> uh, Pat's just getting up on his high horse. Well, Robert Edgar's next movie is a remake of Nosferatu, because we oh. need more Dracula movies. Didn't we have a remake of that? I think we had a couple. They also had like, the one with Willem Dafoe that was about the making of Nosferatu. But, and that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, yeah, he was like actually a vampire or something. Yeah. That was funny. That was a funny movie. Remember that? Was, was it supposed to be? It was supposed to be. <laughs> Okay. Like, like the, he hired Max Schreck or whoever, whoever he hired. He was like, God, that guy looks like the character. He looks like a vampire. Let's let's go with him. And he really was. And he was killing people like off sc- like off stage and off screen when they weren't filming. And they were just kind of like managing him <laughs> because he was a real uh, monster. <laughs> it's a funny movie. It was very dry, but it was funny if I remember right. You're probably right. I saw it in the theaters, but I remember nothing except Willem. Willem. Um, all right. Well, this has been a... That's probably because you're listening to a book on tape as you watch the movie. That could have been. Yeah. <laughs> yep. <laughs> While you were putting on your makeup to look like your favorite mannequin. Chuck Potter. <laughs> 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 well, with this out of the way, all we have left is recommendations, Asians, 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 Asians. Asian. Guest Michael Morris, oh. please go first. Well, I, ha- I I admit that sometimes I don't listen to your show because you're talking about something that I don't, don't know, know anything, anything about. about. Yeah. Right. And I listen to a lot of them. So I might be repeating something that one of you has already liked. But um, – and I, I don't – I will say that this surprised me because I don't read this kind of stuff. Um, but I recently got turned on to reading Marvel's um, all-new Wolverine comic series. And I don't – The one not with, in, the, with the, the young girl? Uh, yeah. Okay. So, like, the story is basically that, you know, Wolverine was killed in the comics years ago, and they never brought him back, which I didn't realize. And so, whenever they did their recent reset, like, two years ago, like, they replaced him with the girl version, who was his clone. And it's actually one of the best, like, mainstream comics that I have read. And it's really weird, because... It, you wouldn't think so. You know, you, they always go for that certain segment when they go for those. Oh my God, what was that? <laughs> that was my chair. chair sorry. That <laughs> sounded like the house where the mannequins it's live. A, yeah, it was out of tourist <laughs> trap. <laughs> but it's really good. It's it's um it's very like girl friendly and very like pro women. And so she's not also, a whore in it, is what you're saying. No, <laughs> no. that's good. She's like she's she's still violent, but she's not like crazed. You know, like it's actually a really fresh take on a character that is so well known and boring and like over the top and like you would expect. Oh, it's just going to be a woman in the same spot, but it's not like she reasons through things and um, 
it's a really refreshing comic. And unlike most of Marvel's comics, it just focuses on a few characters, not like... Oh, that's good, uh, yeah. A huge... Ca- like, you can't even read X-Men anymore, right? Because they can't just narrow down to, like, five characters that you follow every month. It's got to be, like, this cast of hundreds, and you don't know who's who and what's going on. Um, it's just like her and these other clones of her who have different personalities. Right, there are and- a few... A few different clones of Wolverine, yeah. Right, exactly. And um, there's clones of her, so she's like a um, uh, she's a clone, and then she has these sisters who are clones of her, and they all have varying degrees of her same ability. And anyway, the it's it's kind of you'd think, oh, this is like not that interesting, but it's actually really well written, and it might be the best. Um, somebody told me that it was like the best Marvel comic being published right now, and I kind of agree. It's it was a surprising, refreshing um, take on something that I don't normally like. Oh, I'll check that out because I mean I've read the X Men uh, with her in it, you know, from previous <laughs> to the this whole reboot, um, and they didn't do a lot with her back then. Um, yeah, but I'll definitely check this one out because did you read the Vision miniseries? I didn't, but I get the sense that it's got the same kind of like fresh take. Yeah, it does. You should check. You might like that one too. Um, yeah, I think it might even be the same. Is it Tom King? Is that the writer? Pat or something? I don't remember. Yeah, I don't the remember. Name of the guy. Um, no. who, is that Tom King who writes the new Wolverine? It I, might. No, I think it's Tom. It's somebody named Tom. Uh, <laughs> Let me look. I'm going to look at it right Tom now Bruce. while we talk. Okay, Tom when Hanks? you look for that, look for the vision. Oh, Tom Hanks, a comic book. I'd read that every day. Okay. Only the naked scenes. Um, only Wolverine writer. And there's only like 12 issues or 14 issues right now. So it's, so it's easy to it's, catch up on. Tom Taylor is the uh, writer. Oh, Tool of, Time. Um, oh, yeah, Tool yeah. Time. Mm-hmm. But, so that, but that character—that's the character was introduced before that, right? Like a yeah, couple yeah. years ago. She, she was in the yeah. X Men for a while, yeah, or one of the X Men books, you know. She was like, I think they called her X twenty three before. Yes, they did. Yeah. Like she only has two claws on each hand, and she's got a claw on her foot, so she can climb things. I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I don't. I don't know anything about the character at all. I just picked it up from All New Wolverine number one, and um, there's a couple of trades out, and you know. Wolverine, I guess Marvel, it's like that new Logan movie, which I don't know much about, but apparently she's in the Logan movie, this yeah, character. Yeah, yeah, I saw like previous You know, they brought Wolverine back from the future, so it's like old, he's old. He's old man Logan now, yeah. Yeah, old man Logan, and um, he does show up for one of the arcs, but it's not like the typical, it's not the typical sort of Marvel thing. I was really surprised at how like... This is not like the typical like fight, 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 I th- fight. I think they're trying. I mean, I think there's a lot of competition from like Image and other other publishers now that are doing way better shit than the usual Marvel DC stuff. And I think Marvel's trying to slowly work their way into that kind of storytelling. So yeah, they have a few series that are better. Like there's like, I have to read this Wolverine. That's been the Vision one, and then the. The unbeatable squirrel girl is great. Like so, it's just the, the different stuff is different in a good way. And the the new uh, Miss Marvel. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Miss Marvel. Exactly. Good. Yeah. Exactly. It's like that, except that it's got more. I think more streamlined sort of action. I've read the Miss Marvel thing too, and um, it's it's kind of like that. It's a little older. I think it's geared a little bit older, but it's still like in the same vein of like these women are actually like it's 
empowered characters and they're not like stereotypes yeah. and they're not just talking about guys and et cetera, et cetera. But mm-hmm. the, um, it's, it's really surprising to me because I have certainly read many terrible comics in the well, past. That's and, cool. I'll pick up the trades then and then maybe I'll catch up and start buying yeah. the ing- issues. Uh, yeah. you got my Pat? favorite my favorite fact about unbeatable squirrel girl is that the guy who writes it now is also the guy who created the dinosaur comics the dinosaur comics there's that comic like not the mama on- moon girl and devil dinosaur no the comic has been online for about i don't know as for a long time where it's just one the same image of the dinosaur in different text every single time oh no i don't think i've ever seen that you should post it so we can post you know- it on your blog you know, you know what I'm talking about, right, John? Nope. Sounds like my Chicken Shack comic strip, though. <laughs> well, it came before Chicken Sack, and that's how I thought you were copying. Oh no! I don't, anyway, never heard Ryan of it. North. Ryan North is the guy's name, and Tom King did Vision. But Ryan North is a funny dude. He does Jughead now too. Uh, my recommendation first is the the Richard Simmons podcast. I started listening to that yesterday, and I think everyone's so start good. It's really, really, that's really good. I I, I talked. Are we? Were we? I guess we we're off when I was talking about it. The yeah, only thing that made me uncomfortable is how how many ads there are for yeah. for whatever is going on with the guy. It's like they're making money off of that, but I I don't know. You want to make money. so many producers. Like when he does the credits at the end, yeah. I was like, You're, "Is this a fucking joke? Are you kidding me? How much money is involved in this show? Are you I kidding mean, me?" There's other podcasts that get ads eventually but they don't start off the first episode as but anyway that that's a yeah. very small complaint for an engaging story i had no idea that you could go and exercise with richard simmons like without doing anything special and if i would known that when i lived in california when he wasn't missing i would have done that because it's so <laughs> wacky and fun or but, that he gets dirty and like that he yeah. uh he'll, like <laughs> make guys take their shirts off and dance with him like <laughs> that's that like blew my mind. I love this show. It's only six episodes too. Oh, I didn't know that. So the, yeah. the it's it's okay. So I think there's only going to be six, but they're not sure. Is it going to be one of those fucking serial things where they don't answer the questions? I think so. Okay. But they're answering. They're. I mean, they're talking about Richard Simmons in a way you, nobody talks about him anymore. So that's it's pretty interesting. It's like I, a lot of the stuff they talk about. I remember like that that really dramatic. Uh, daytime tv show he had i think it was the 80s or 90s and that was that was much different richard simmons than you would see on letterman yeah his like talk his oprah-ish show right yes yeah yes and uh the other recommendation would be i think i recommended for the first season i want to re-up the recommendation for the second season watch the detour it's very funny oh i see sorry I, you know how they do that shit before the previews when you see movies they always show Mm -hmm. stuff for the detour on those so yeah, I, th- I love Detour season one was so good. I totally agree with you. You haven't liked the start of the second season. I feel like the second season, like there, the humor isn't there. It's not as funny. It'll get there. It'll get there, right? Uh, but the kids hopefully. are so funny in season That's, one. <laughs> the, I thought the kids were funny in the the first two episodes. That girl with her her old diatribe. Uh, everybody's my friend. Why isn't she my friend? It just made me laugh. Or like the little guy, but I think the funniest scene in the first episode was like where the the son was like talking about the walk sign and he was like, you have to wait for the white guy. <laughs> and, you know, the walk sign is a white man walk, you know, whatever. And then black people start to walk across the street and he's like, no, you have to wait for the white man. <laughs> <laughs> like, I thought that was really clever and like yeah. a, a race joke that I hadn't heard before. <laughs> but, um, and it, which turns back on them later, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> 
that first season was so good with the strip club and the um, <laughs> this first on, season was so is it over on the Hulu top. Or anything? Mm, I think it no. might be. I'll check. The first it, yeah. season might be. Yeah, I'll check it was for it. On on demand in a really weirdly limited way. Yeah, I don't yeah, have I don't that on demand. But yeah, it's the first so season by now is probably on on Hulu. Yeah, but the 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 Jarab, I don't know the actor's yeah. name, but he is one of the funniest kid actors ever. I mean, they they give him funny stuff to say, but he pulls it off better than other kids. But like, there's a whole thing where he had to, like, he plays this kid who's such an such a, the whole family's a bunch of losers, and it's just great how they <laughs> they they consistently write them as losers. So there's like odd, yeah, He's an yeah. odd loser. There's a whole storyline in the first season where he had this the kid up the street that he was obsessed with the stuff he had to say, and he had these like, weird ideas of how how babies were made. It was just funny. <laughs> well, and he had, there's a scene in that where they're talking about how the parents were talking about how stupid or how unadventurous <laughs> the kid is, Jerob. And like just in a quick aside, the fa- the fa- somebody's accusing Jerob of being like too. Um, too smart or something. And the father's like, really? And then he turns to him and says, Jared, what do you think of carrots? And his response is, too spicy. <laughs> <laughs> like, David and I use that all the time. Like, we're always like, too many carrots? Too spicy. <laughs> well, Pat, we mentioned it before on an episode, but uh, that youngest son on the Mick is continuing to be a really good kid actor, too. I love yeah. that kid. That yeah. kid is so funny. <laughs> He's the that best thing about that show. It's surprising to me how funny that show is. I didn't, wouldn't expect it to be as funny as it is. Either. I mean, I enjoy it, yeah. Yeah, that kid makes it for me. He's so yeah. good. <laughs> He's so sweet, but so evil. Yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what's so great about him. And he has really good comic timing for... Nobody that young should have that kind of comic timing. But and it's, it's funny because the, the middle kid... I can't stand. And yeah. the, it's the kind of character that's been in other shows. Like It's just like something Seth about Green. that kind of character. Yeah. Well, yeah. but uh, the the oldest daughter and the little, the youngest really make up for him. So yeah. Well, I'm going to recommend uh, Get Out. Speaking of horror movies, that oh, are you about saw something. it. Yeah, I've seen it. I saw it twice. Uh, wow. Two days in a row. Well, uh, Viv and I went to twice see it days in a row. Twice <laughs> days in a row. Maybe okay. tomorrow she'll be thrice days in a row. Um, <laughs> Yeah, uh, so Viv and I went to see English. it, and then I went out with my kids today, and we're like, eh, there's nothing else playing. So, um, yeah, no, it's it's definitely another one that is about something. I mean, it's it's about racism basically, but it's a, also a good horror movie. But it's it's also not about like Nazi style racism, which would be pointless. It's about like white liberal racism, so mm-hmm. it's even more kind of pointed and. Yeah, it's just really good, and it works as as a horror movie, um, a suspense movie for most of it, I'd say. Uh, Is it funny? Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. Uh, there are some elements, like there's the the main character's best friend is kind of the comic relief, but no, overall it's not funny as much as kind of freaky. Huh. Yeah. Yeah, definitely worth seeing. Get out. Uh, what? Get out. Honestly? <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> I bet you did, never would have guessed that I would like make a joke out of that. <laughs> oh, was that a joke? <laughs> get out. But it really wasn't a joke. The way you said get, get out was very pointed. Mm-hmm. I felt. I felt. I felt it. It was. A, it, you were giving us a directive. Method acting. You didn't <laughs> use the quotes that oh, you're supposed sorry. to use when you talk about movies. 
What? I don't know what the fuck Pat's talking about. Write to us at <laughs> popculturecontinuum at gmail.com. Like us on uh, Facebook. Yeah, rate us on iTunes. Highly. Not lowly. <laughs> Bigly. And, You're dreaming. Um, <laughs> tell your friends. Tell, you know, they can only listen to stuff that, when they know what we're talking about. I think that's what most people do, like Michael. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, there's got to be something in there. We've done at least 22 episodes of this thing, so it's something. there'll be something in there for you. Um, and thanks for joining us, Michael. Yes, thanks. I can't wait to come back again in the future. For one day at a time. <laughs> oh, yeah, versus one day at a time. We'll have to do that oh, yeah. at some point. Um, Plus, I got a lot of other stuff. Yeah, keep bringing it, no. man. No, only one day at a time. Oh, oh. dude, let, let him do the work for us. It's so much easier when guests... Oh, right, but we have to do one day at a time first, because I enjoy saying one day at a time. Yeah, it's the... Uh, that. Although I don't know if we can do one day at a time, because I, I can't imagine that the original series is possible to watch anywhere. anywhere. Nobody, yeah. No, nobody bothered saving copies of it. I bet yeah. there's probably something on YouTube or something, right? Probably. Or, or just uh, there's some video cam with like uh, uh, a bunch of women screaming. <laughs> That's essentially the original one day at a time. With a Buster Brown haircut, just find somebody. And... A drug-addled woman screaming at her mother. <laughs> Don't go. forget Snyder. <laughs> oh, R.I.P. Wait, are you saying the actor who played Snyder died, or did Snyder himself die? Both. Oh. I mean, Snyder. All, all sitcom building. All sitcom characters die once the show gets canceled. That's untrue. It's completely true. Mary Tyler Moore will always be alive as Mary Richards. Dead. Died last year. <laughs> untrue. Is she? Oh no, it was this year. Sorry, this year. Yeah. All right. know, it's the current Schneider. That's what you should watch for. <laughs> Not a good actor, but pretty good when the sound's off. <laughs> He's no Pat Harrington. <laughs> Who is? Just think, that dude, Pat Harrington, it's probably the only thing he ever did in his life. And he was set. Ugh. All he had to do was jobs. roll a pack of cigarettes into his undershirt. <laughs> <laughs> and he, someone probably did that for him. Oh yeah, he had he had a guy for that. <laughs> Until next oh, I time, just it, I just looked it up. He he actually, when he wasn't an actor, he cured leukemia. Oh. Well, well, we're jerks. That didn't really affect too many of us, so I I think he's better remembered as Schneider. Until next time, goodbye everybody. Bye bye. <laughs>